the American Express Shaping Insights podcast. There's no rules anymore. So how do you keep pushing, pushing the envelope? That's kind of our job as Imagineers to do that. You want whatever experience they have at your places to be the best they had in the city. For me, I, I really focus on design, PR, and marketing, and that's really shaped how we do things. Hello and welcome to the Shaping Insights podcast presented by American Express, where we bring you expert perspectives on the latest trends in the luxury and travel industries. I'm Ajesh Patale, a writer and contributor at the Financial Times, and I'll be your host for this episode. In today's podcast, we welcome globally renowned atelier Dave Gripman, known for being an innovator in the field of hospitality and for creating immersive experiential venues. Dave's one-of-a-kind portfolio spans the realms of restaurants, hotels, bars, and nightclubs. As a native to Florida, he has established his firm, Groot Hospitality in Miami, with many calling him the King of Miami. Dave, welcome to the Shaping Insights podcast. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And where are you calling from today? Miami, Florida. Perfect. Look, let's jump straight in. Dave, I'd like to take you back to the beginning. Could you give us a little bit of a background as to why you started in this hospitality industry? It's funny, you know, I started off as a bartender and I love the interactions with people. And I really, more than anything, you put a dish in front of somebody or a drink in front of somebody and you see the look on their face or you create an experience with somebody while they're eating or, or sleeping in your beds or anything or in your nightclubs. To me, there's not a bigger joy out there still. 25 years into it, when I see someone blown away at one of my places, it gives me, it, it, you know, it makes my hair stand up. For me, it's like the Catalina wine mixer. I, it's the biggest joy I get. And did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Was that something you wanted from the beginning? Oh, I always wanted to be a leader. And I think entrepreneurship comes with that, no matter if you're working for somebody or not. So you've talked before about hospitality icons such as Eric Mores, who showed you what was possible in the Miami nightlife scene. What impact did those early influences have in your career and the many ventures that you've worked on? You know, I've been lucky enough to be around some really great people that, that kind of led the way for what we do today. Um, you know, by studying people like Ian Schrager, Erico Morris, and one who I really am super close to more than anything is Noah Tepperberg. We've really come up together. And, uh, you know, you take parts and bits of, of other people and you, and, and you kind of make it your own and try to grow from what you've seen that they've done and how can you do it better, bigger, and... It's been great to have some great people in the hospitality business before me that really, you know, blazed away. Today, now that there's colleges and universities all set up for hospitality, these, these next generations are really starting to come up on fire right from the get-go. You mentioned Ian Schrager there. Interestingly, you share a similar trajectory to him. He's also a Shaping Insights former guest. He is, of course, known for launching Studio 54 and is the creator of the world's first boutique hotel, Morgan's Hotel, in the 80s. On your path from the American nightclub scene into creating market-leading hotels, what do you feel can be taken from the experience of building a successful nightclub into the world of hotels? 
Well, it's, it's for me, it's all about activating, right? We know today that the restaurants and the pool and the lounges and stuff like that all kind of activate the hotel side. So like Ian, Ian really didn't focus so much on the rooms. He focused on the common spaces, right? The general space and the restaurant and creating that vibe downstairs, which made you want to stay upstairs. We've taken that model and we've really pushed that forward more than anything. In fact, I really don't want to do food and beverage in other people's hotels now, knowing that my food and beverage and what we bring to the table activates the brand. That's why the brand needs to be mine. You're someone who has paved the way for immersive experience and notably been a tastemaker for what is possible in the hospitality industry. What trends do you see for the future? I mean, what are you currently excited about? So, you know, being one of the people that hopefully is thought of as setting trends, and seeing trends uh, as they come, for me, I think uh, the thing I'm most excited about is, you know, we're going to be doing food and beverage in space. And that's a new frontier. You know, we're doing the space perspective, which is a space balloon that takes you two hours up to space. You levitate for two hours in space, and then you come descend for two hours. And for me, this is something that I don't see any of my other people in my industry doing is to try to take on space. And I'm excited that we were chosen to be that, that company. And, you know, we see how mixology and food reacts with your taste buds and being up there and the whole thing. And what's going to actually complement a surreal experience for somebody, what kind of food and beverage is going to complement that and enhance it. And I love to see how all these different kinds of food styles are collabing, whether it's French Asian or barbecue Asian or Italian steak. I love the infusion of different food styles together. Can you tell us when you launched Good Time Hotel and why did you launch this property? So we launched in April of last year. It was right when COVID ended for, for Miami with curfews. So we knew it was the time to, to go ahead and do that. Um, and what was so cool about it, it was like everyone's first day back at school because so many people had not seen each other for you know, over a year. I think people were so excited to fly to Miami, come to an event that they were actually allowed to go to an event and not get ridiculed for going to an event. Um, and I thought what was so cool was all three mayors of the Miami area came to the event. Um, and besides, of course, the, the celeb power and the great people that came, it was just nice to see everyone relaxed for it for a minute. Launched outdoors, of course, at the pool. And to see people just being able to talk and mingle and, and catch you up it was, was just so special. And what are the key differences between the Good Time Hotel and your domestic contemporaries? You know, the Good Time, it, it's more about being part of the hotel and not just going to your room and then going out. But we also want you to explore Miami. And the Good Time is on 6th and Washington in the heart of Miami Beach City. And there's so many great things around it. We, we supply bikes because we want you to get out there and see everything. We have pool activations so you could be in a cabana or a, or a day bed and really be part of something special uh, and feel like you're getting your Miami taste really in a very like kitschy kind of cool atmosphere. And, uh, you know, the music's always great and the food is incredible from Strawberry Moon. Um, and I feel like now that our retail is starting to open up downstairs, it's going to be a, a really insane place. We want you to come and just chill. I'm curious to hear your tips about how you build a brand or business. So I, 
I like to build a brand through through many channels, and one is always through other people's strategic marketing power by doing co-branded events, stuff like that, where you're using other people's marketing power and dollars to push your brand. Of course, celebrity, influencer, uh, local celebrities, also all pushing your brands is a great way to build brands and staying true to what your brand is and making sure that you keep penetrating that message through and through and through is really how I build brands. For me, I, I really focus on design, PR, and marketing, and that's really kind of shaped how, how we do things. Uh, we build things, we, we serve things, we create things all to, for to, how do we magnify that message out there. Your business partner and friend Pharrell Williams has said that you produce the energy in a room. From your point of view, what are the key components in producing that energy in a space or an immersive experience? I mean, it's everything from the music to the lighting to the design. You know, we serve everything shareable. It's not like you get your appetizer, entree, dessert, each person. Everything is served in the middle. So it creates that energy community within people at the table and expands out as the music's playing and the light comes down and you're singing along to the songs and it creates a whole vibe and energy. People really want experiences, especially coming out of what we just came out of, right? Uh, I want to be touched. I want, when I, when I go somewhere, I want to have my mind blown away. I think we're all so jaded. We've all seen so much stuff now. So how do you keep pushing, pushing the envelope? And that's kind of our job as Imagineers to do that. You want whatever experience they have at your places to be the best they had in the city. I want to ask you about wellness. This idea of wellness is becoming more central to the way we move through the world and how we behave every day. Have you seen this have a ripple effect through the infrastructure that goes into creating thriving businesses? And has this idea of wellness impacted on your own approach to experiential worlds that you create? So I don't know if it's so much of wellness as it is community, but people really just want a lifestyle now. So you're incorporating different ingredients and healthy stuff and people want fresh, right? People want organic, people want what's new and hot and not just as far as what they're eating, but just their lifestyle today, especially being in sunny Miami where you have to be ready all the time to, to, to be athletic. And what about sustainability? Have you seen a shift in the industry around creating successful short-term experiences for people while also keeping this idea of sustainability front of mind? I mean, we look at it nonstop, especially with food waste. How do we not waste? We're not in the business of wasting food. And as far as sustainability, we look at everything possible that we could be doing. It's really, uh, it's, it's impacting the world, not just in, in the hospitality business, but in, in the, you know, in every, from even clothing, everything like that. We look at our uniforms, what's more sustainable, our napkins, our chopsticks. Are we doing disposable? Are we keeping, are we recycling? Or what are we doing? Even on water, right? So it's either glass or it's aluminum. It's, there's no more plastic. You know, by its very nature, the hospitality industry creates short-term experiences for people to enjoy. How do you ensure the effects of what someone experiences stay with them on a more permanent basis? And how do you establish that sense of loyalty to your brand? So I think the number one way to get loyalty from a guest is to create an experience that, that they never had before, whether it's an off-the-menu item, whether you pair a port wine with an amazing dessert, and when you, when you do this for somebody and they have this out-of-body experience, it stays with them. 
Um, I also think it's very important to be super credible with your guest. And if it's, a, if, it, if the server doesn't think this is the greatest dish ever, that they say to the, to the, the guest, you know, you've picked so many great dishes. To me, this is not one of my favorites. I would suggest this dish. And I think when you guide somebody on a culinary journey or, and it really builds that loyalty more than anything else. It's interesting. In a recent Shaping Insights episode, uh, New York Times travel writer Amy Tara Koch referenced Miami as the hottest city in the world right now. You're a Miami native. Why do you think that is? A lot of things. During COVID, we were ripping it here in Miami, obviously. Uh, us in Dubai were probably the only two cities that were really open. Uh, and because, meaning while you're open, we, were out, we have a lot of outdoor seating, a lot of outdoor experiences, right? So it makes it a little bit easier. People felt safer. All the VC and founders, Mayor Francis did such a great job on bringing them all from San Francisco and, and Austin to Miami. And what happened is you had a critical mass of entrepreneurship and founders and people just experiencing a new city that's actually a real city. Miami's a real city. We have real culture, real restaurants, real nightlife. So I think it, it, it created this overwhelming movement from Miami. Leading on from that, what do you feel other cities can learn from Miami about how to attract visitors to their city in a post-pandemic world? Yeah, I think it's all about hospitality and making these people feel welcome and saying, how can I help? Simple. It's simple. You know, all the local Miami people, including the mayor who kind of set the trend for that, was how can we help? With your focus on global markets and expanding on portfolio to hospitality abroad, where do you have your sights set? The Nassau, the Bahamas, right? So we're creating, Pharrell and I are creating a new resort there called Somewhere Else. We took the original three towers of Atlantis and we're completely redoing it and creating a whole new experience. And we think the Bahamas, obviously it's just a, it's a hop skip from here, uh, is really on fire. So we're excited about coming there. What cities are exciting you in the world currently and why? So we're opening in Dallas. That to me is a very exciting city. Uh, I feel like, again, a city that a lot of people have moved to post-pandemic. Uh, exciting. There's lots of development going on there. Uh, we're going to go to Las Vegas. So, you know, Las Vegas is Las Vegas. The new Fountain Blue there is going to really set the tone for the way the next casinos are going to be built. Um, and of course, we're always looking in London and in the Middle East. And what is it about London that interests you? Well, London is just the hottest city. I mean, right now it's on fire for, for Europe, I feel. Can you tell me um, a bit about technology? Because it has such an impact on the way people interact when they're in the hotels. I'm interested to ask you about technological innovations that you've been implementing across your venues and what you feel that adds to the customer journey. Well, listen, at the hotels, the, the, the most, the easiest thing is something called Cash Drop that we've been using, which is, which is an app that allows the guests to order right on their phone. It doesn't have to go to the cashier. It lets you know when it's ready to be picked up. So it's a less of a of an experience. It's, it's more of an experience of just being able to get it on demand whenever you want and just being able to, to pick it up and not have to talk to a bunch of people. It changes the whole room service mentality. You could be at the pool. You could be anywhere. You, could just, you don't have to wait for the server or anything like that. You can just order right on your phone. I think being able to be... Instant, with whatever your demand is, right away has changed that experience. Also, our servers at our ta- at the tables at all our restaurants and bars 
have the have the pad with them at the table, so there's no more running back to the computer, putting it in, and da da. And sometimes you know you lose. Oh, I forgot this dish if they didn't write it down. Which you know I hate that when the server comes to the table and doesn't write down the order, I lose my mind. Please, for me, write the order down. Are there other technological advancements or, or technologies that you're interested in bringing in that you think will really transform the customer experience? I mean, we look at stuff all the time from robotics to be more consistent on stuff like that, um, especially on coffee and fryers and stuff like that. Uh, pay apps, so there could be a, a paperless exit system with that, reservations, all that stuff we look at nonstop techno- technology-wise. And it's coming, it's quick. How have you seen the hospitality industry grow across multiple genres over the year? I mean, entertainment, retail, immersive experiences. How I've seen the hospitality industry grow over different genres, I think what's so cool is that, you know, all these fashion brands are looking to how do you add a hospitality element to their retail stores or how do they collaborate with a, with a food and beverage or a restaurant and... I think it's just, it's great because I think at the end of the day, it's all an art form, whether it's art, whether it's fashion, whether it's, it's what we do in the food and beverage scene. I feel like, you know, chefs today and, and, and mixologists are fashion and they are just creatives. So I think they all complement each other so well. And I think it's cool that they're all infusing together to kind of create a better experience for the guest. Dave, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts for this Shaping Insights podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure hearing you speak to the many ways you create memorable and lasting atmosphere across group hospitality. Thank you for joining us. Josh, thank you so much in American Express. I really appreciate it, guys. We hope you enjoyed this Shaping Insights podcast presented by American Express. Don't do business without it.